This August 29th will be 41 years that we've been married. Uh, I robbed the cradle. I was a lot older than her. I'm going to beat her in saying this. I know she's going to say that. That uh, So uh, she married young, and uh, she's still young to me and very beautiful. And the one thing that I have recognized of my wife is that she loves the Word of God. Jesus Christ was number one in her life. And uh, she has studied in an extensive way of how to be uh, who God called her to be and how that she can handle a guy like me. So, so uh, if without any further ado, would you welcome Terry Klaus? Someone left this outside. Anybody? Yes. Okay. Good morning. Honey, thank you so much. He Sometimes I'm, I'm like, honey, people get really tired of you telling everybody how beautiful I am, you know? It's like, seriously, come on. Um, I'm glad you think so, but everybody's like, you know, enough already. So, but I think you're beautiful too. Yes. You know, um, I, I was 18 when we got you know, engaged. I just turned 19 when we got married, and we both came from very different backgrounds. His parents were like the working, the supervisor, the manager, everything is on a schedule. And I came from military family, where it's, my dad was gone all the time. My mom ran everything, and I didn't even see my parents together. <laughs> and so when we got married, I thought I was in charge of everything because that's what I, my mom was in charge of everything, right? You know? And he came from a family where they were all in charge of everything. And so we're like, who's in charge here? I'm like, wait, no, I'm in charge. No, I'm in charge. And so we both realized really quickly um, that we need help. And we were, you know, both of us love the Lord so much. And we really wanted to do what God wanted for our, for our lives. So we did get very um, involved in, like, teaching tapes. and te Remember tapes? I just said teaching tapes. <laughs> I am not the tech-savvy person. Um, I still have them, actually, the tapes. I still have a tape recorder. <laughs> but anyway, but I don't have the A-tracks. I'm not that old. So um, he, he had them. But anyway, it was just we really had to get down to what does God say about marriage? What are God's purposes and plans for marriage? Because we both had very different ideas of how this was going to work. And... Um, but we both loved each other. We just didn't like each other a lot, you know? You, you have had those days? Of course you have. You're, you're married. So, um, but anyway, we wanted to learn to do what's right and how to really bless and honor each other. And so when we got married, we did that, and it was really great. And I must say, Gary is the most influential person in my life, more than my parents, more than my spiritual moms, more than anyone. He has taught me so much about life. He's taught me to be a better wife. He's taught me to be a better mother. He's taught me to be a better daughter and sister and friend. And he's taught me to be a better lover. Wait, never mind. Anyway, um, <laughs> so 
Because getting married, you know, I was one of those really naive people. I don't know about you. Maybe you got, today everybody knows everything. I knew nothing, you know. My mother never had a talk with me, you know. She never told me anything about anything. So, you know, I learned whatever I saw in the movies, you know. And they were old. Grease was a big one. Remember Grease? Ooh, she's got a bun in the oven. Woo, you know. We sang all the songs, and I was, like, all happy. And then I get married, and I'm like, <gasps> That's what they were talking about, you know? <laughs> and then I've never allowed my kids to watch Grease, you know? You're not allowed to watch that movie, you know? And um, so there's just all these things, you know? And the bumper stickers, you know, don't, if this van's rocking, don't come and knocking. I really thought they were talking about music, you know? I was like, what? You know, I didn't know anything. And so, of course, then you get married and you're like, a what? Huh? Okay, all right. Help me out here. <laughs> so um, the first thing I had, to, first thing you need to know is when I first got, I, I couldn't even say the word sex. Like, we didn't discuss these things. You know, now they tell you you need to have communication and talk about all this. I'm like, we just did that and you want me to talk about it? No. I can't, I can't talk about it. I can't even say those words. And so growing up, this is us. This is me and my family. We didn't, you know, now they tell you, you have to teach your children the proper words for the body parts, right? You have to say vagina and penis. Okay. Those words never came out of my mouth ever. You know, we said, my sisters and I, we would come up with names. Okay. So it was Virginia <laughs> and Ruby because we couldn't say booby, you know. So we said Ruby and Pocahontas. Those were the names. <laughs> because, and you know, a guy's part was a thingy. You know, that's it. It was a thingy. And I was so glad when Still Magnolias came out and she's like in the bathroom with her fiance and she's like, you better get out of here. My daddy catches you in here. He's gonna cut your thingy off. And I was like, see, it's a thingy. I knew it. That's what it's called. <laughs> so. We didn't have, like, conversations about any of this stuff. So I was very naive, very dumb, and very um, embarrassed a lot, you know. Gary would say, you know, our honeymoon was funny. I always tell these stories because, obviously, I'm free now <laughs> to talk about these things because back then I couldn't. One of the elders in this church, Mike Starr, if anybody remembers him, we had a waterbed when we got married, and he loved to embarrass me all the time. How are those waves last night, Terry? You know, I'd be like, I'm like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I can't believe you're talking to me about that. And I would, I would just turn beet red and get so embarrassed. And he just would love to do that. And so over the years, you know, of course, once we got into learning how to relate to each other in marriage, these are, I also had all these questions about sex. Now, let's just say it right now. Everybody say sex. Say, sex is good. Say, God made sex. Now, turn to your spouse and say, I like sex. Now, if that's not true in your case, <laughs> they're really happy to hear you say that. Um, and hopefully by the end of this, you know, that will change. So... But like I said, it was just one of those subjects that was taboo. I wouldn't allow Gary to, like, hold my hand in public, right? He was, I would say, if we're out in the public, do not hold my hand. Don't ever hug me or even, don't even think about kissing me in public, you know? I was just very, like, 
I was extremely modest anyway. My, my family was very modest. So we just didn't do that kind of stuff. And so it would embarrass me. So the fact that I'm up here and I'm teaching this class is really is amazing. I mean, if you knew me back then, you know, and I'm up here freely talking, the reason why I can do it is because of the word of God. Honestly, honestly, that's the only reason. So when I started searching the word out about these subjects, you know, and getting teaching on them, woohoo! Gary was so excited. He was like, <laughs> all my inhibitions went out the window. And um, anyway, but he's, he, uh, never mind. So, but the two things most couples fight over are money and sex, right? And so, and those are the two things we don't talk about in church. And we should. We need to talk about these things. Because this is life and it's, they're important. They're actually priorities in our lives. And so, I do. I thank Gary so much because, honestly, there's never been, there's, to me, there's nobody that compares to him, you know? And, um... Uh, just everything about him, I look up to. Now, I don't like every single thing about him. He does a few things that are a little annoying, but um, vice versa, right? We all have those little things, um, but they don't matter. You know, over the years, you find out it just doesn't matter. What matters is us. What matters is what, you know, how we're honoring and learning and growing and loving each other and taking care of each other. And it's just so important. So this is an extremely important part of life. I'm going to, we're going to be teaching out of Proverbs chapter 5, starting in verses 15 through 19. And And let me tell you, it's the intimacy of marriage. But again, this is about the sexual relationship between a husband and a wife that God has designed. The world teaches that, you know, we're to have sexual experiences way before we get married, before we find the right person, so we kind of know everything and know what to do. And you don't need to listen to your parents. You don't need to listen to, you know, old-fashioned morals or whatever, because what was right for everybody else may not be right for you. Um, and your own, you, you are your own moral standard. But let me tell you, the world standards always change with every season, every year, every, you know, with time. But God, on the other hand, has laid down standards that does not, that never changes. They never vary with society or time. And you can always rely on it. And you can always, you will always know that not only like Gary talked about the safety of your marriage, but the, the joy of the relationship between a man and a uh, husband and wife. When God tells us to flee fornication and adultery, it's not because he wants us to live miserable lives or keep us from having fun. No, he's trying to keep us from ending up like the guy in Proverbs 5, lying on his bed, groaning in impotence and tormented by disease. So again, I'm going to talk about some standards here of what God sets up and how he initially wanted uh, marriage to start out. So obviously, we're going to start off with God's design as we both be virgins. Now, if that didn't happen in your life, this is not we're not, we're not here to judge, criticize whatever happened in your past. Today's a new day, right? We're going to move forward. Whatever's happened has happened. If you're single and you're in a relationship and you're, you know, that's between you and God. I'm not here to tell you. I'm here to tell you what God says, okay? And you can um, go from there. But again, it's all about that God has designed this for, um, for man. God created. It's the devil who, per who perverts it all, right? 
It's the devil who takes it, not only perverts it, but, you know, there's abuse and all kinds of things involved with it that never brings the true enjoyment and satisfaction that God has intended for um, a husband and wife. This is the, the, the sexual relationship is created and designed to be enjoyed and practiced in the boundaries of marriage. So it can be one of the most fantastic and joyful experiences of our lives. Um, <clears throat> And not coming to an early end of life, emaciated with sexual immorality, diseases, relationship after relationship, hurt after hurt. Um, but God wants us to live a long life, satisfied and prosperous. God doesn't give us these desires in our hearts and our bodies and passions. You know, he made those, you know. Um, for, he didn't give those um, to, for us for the opposite sex and then tell us it's wrong and perverted. No, he's the one that designed it all. So we can actually um, have peace and rest. You know, there's been a few times I'm like, you know, well, I won't get into all that. Anyway, we'll get into that. No, he did set, but he did set up some guidelines for us in which the purity and holiness of sex can be preserved and protected. In this way, in God's way, and I just said, sex is pure and holy. You know, that's the last thing on our minds, you know, when we're thinking. <laughs> but the way God designed it, we're well, going to find out really how pure it, it is. Um, it can mean one of life's greatest, greatest blessings for a couple. So, are you at Proverbs chapter um, 5? Okay, we're going to start right um, in verse 15. Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed. Actually, if you have your Bible, you should put in there, let not thy fountain. This was not really translated well. It should say, let not thy fountains be dispersed abroad, and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own, and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed. And rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as a loving hind, a pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee all, at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. Now this is, of course, is Solomon writing this. These are lessons he learned from his father David. And this is in Proverbs. You know, that Proverbs was, was when Solomon was in fellowship with God. And he was writing all these great, you know, uh, truths and these wisdoms. And he wrote about the sexual relationship here. If you, if you listen to him in Ecclesiastes, when he wrote that, he's like way far out of relationship with the Lord. But he's coming back. He's an old man. He literally is, is only in his 60s, but he has like no teeth. He has disease. He's Again, he may say he's at the end of his life because he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Hello? <laughs> so he knows, you know, what is good. And so he, this is his instruction of wisdom for, um, it sounds like he's talking to his son, and he is, and it's just for men, but it's not. It's for women as well. And so, you know, when, when men are teaching on sex, the women are like, oh, man, it's all going to be about him, right? And then when women are teaching about sex, the guys are like, man, it's all going to be about her. But let me tell you, today is going to be about what God has to say. And we're both going to find out we both win. <laughs> we both get um, instruction and um, understanding and, again, um, help in this uh, relationship. So drink waters out of thine own cistern. The cistern and the well are scriptural um, analogies for the woman. And the fountain represents the man. 
Get it? So the woman's the well, man's the fountain, right? Obviously, they all contain water. Water is the symbol for the gift of sexual pleasure, which God intended to be given to both male and female, both husband and wife, not just for the man, not just, it's for both. The water in the well belongs to the wife, but it is intended to satisfy the sexual thirst of the husband. Likewise, the water in the fountain belongs to the husband, but it's intended to satisfy the sexual thirst of the wife. Water is a symbol for two other things in the Bible. It's a symbol for salvation when we talk about come to the waters that you have no money and buy and receive. Um, water is also a symbol um, of the word. The Bible talks about how the word will cleanse. And he tells the husbands to sanctify and pray for your wife and wash her with the water of the word. So the word is symbolic of, um, again, salvation or the new birth. It's symbolic of um, the word. And again, it's, it's symbolic of the sexual relationship. The new birth satisfies our thirst for God. So that's why water is used there. Our hunger and thirst for God comes. So, and then when the word satisfies our spirit as well, because it's through the word that we know God, that we know his ways, not just his acts. And so the word in our hearts and the word in our spirit, um, when we're born again, and then as we gain knowledge of the word in our, and transform our minds, these are all cleansing because that's what the water does. Water cleanses. And so again, God provides fresh water for us daily in his word. And, um, and he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. And um, again, those are symbolic. Water is also symbolic at, at, for grace, the gift of grace. And so physical water quenches the thirst. This is what water does. Water refreshes, it cleans, it strengthens, and it helps the body function and move the way it should. So when we go back now to um, the water in the sexual relationship, it is so important that you understand a husband and a wife. Those, the sexual relationship, this is what it does for a man and, his, uh, a man and a woman in their relationship. It refreshes you, it cleans you, it strengthens you, and it helps you flow together in life. So much better. And so when you find out that the relation, sexual relationship is extremely important to um, the marriage, again, the third aspect is the gift of grace, because grace, you can't earn it, you, can't, you don't deserve it, nothing. Even water comes from God, right? Where do we get water from? You might get it from the store and buy it because it's bottled now, right? But where does it come from? It comes from the earth. It comes from the sky. God gives water. It comes, from the, it comes up from the springs. It comes from the mountains, you know. Um, again, water is from God. It's a gift from God. So the gift of salvation is from God. The gift of his word is from God. The gift of grace is from God. The gift of the sexual relationship is from God. It's not the devil's territory. It's God's territory. And you need to take it back. Okay, so um, <clears throat> again, it, it refreshes, it cleanses, it strengthens, and it purifies. <clears throat> a husband and wife are grace gifts to one another. Eve was God's grace gift to Adam, and Adam was God's grace gift to Eve. That means your mate, your spouse, is a, as much a gift of God's unconditional love to you 
as your salvation and your word. You're like, what? You don't put sex up there with salvation. You know what? It, it's, it's, again, it's all about the symbolism there and how much it means. If you value your spouse and see them as God's gift to you and they are priority in your life, just like your salvation is and just like the word of God is, they are too. Again, it's about understanding priorities and making sure that you understand what God has given you and gifted you with. Um, again, it is... A gift. Therefore, we should not misuse or abuse our spouses. Your mate should be as sacred to you as the miracle of Christ. Uh, uh, your again, your new birth, and having His Word in your life. Sexual strength is a gift of grace too. It is graciously given to you. You should graciously reserve it for just your spouse. A gift can be abused, pearls can be cast before swine, and sex can be cheapened through promiscuity and abuse and all kinds of things that the world does. But save your waters for the refreshing for that right person that God gives you. God gave you the gift of sex, but really it has someone else's name on it, and it's your spouse, right? Okay, so when he talks about, um, the beginning here talks about the cistern, um, drink waters out of your own cistern. Cistern and a well, the women is the cistern and the well. A cistern is actually a small covered well that's for private use on private property. This is in the Old Testament, and when they traveled around, it was it, you were considered wealthy if you had your own cistern because everybody else usually, you know, used the community well. You know, everybody would go to the well wherever it was and draw the water out. The women would be there, you know, noon every day to draw the water, and they would go and use the the community well. But this is telling us there is a difference between a cistern and a well. A cistern is covered, and a well is not. This speaks of the virginity of the woman. Throughout the word of God, a cistern indicates a virgin, a well that is sealed until its owner, its private owner, comes to uncover it and partake of it. Once the cistern, covered has, been, the cistern has been uncovered, the owner has his own personal well to satisfy his thirst. Nobody else uses it. This is the wife's relationship to her husband. Drink out of your own system. It's an idiom actually used throughout the word. There's another time in the word where in 2 Kings 18, uh, second, Sener Shereb, whatever his name was, um, they were about to attack Jerusalem, his army, and he sent out one guy. His name was um, Rabshakeh. And he came to Jerusalem, and he started yelling at the walls, you know what, hey, people, if you insist on fighting, you, you're all going to be killed. But if you guys will surrender, every man will drink out of his own cistern. That's what he said, which means every man will get to keep his wife, you know, and we're not going to take her from you. And so, again, this term cistern or drinking out of your own cistern is used throughout the word, and it means that it's really about the personal relationship the sexual relationship between a husband and a wife. When a virgin opens herself up and allows her husband to take the seal off her cistern, she has a pure well of water to refresh and replenish him. She can't give too much love to him because every time she gives to him, he gives back more to her. If a woman indiscriminately lets every man partake of her water, her sexual favors, her water will become impure and eventually diseased. Soon the waters will be gone from her well and she can only give so many times to those who have the to those who have no right to it because it's only her husband that can replenish her it's only her husband no one else also a man's sex drive is called a fountain in proverbs 
A virgin husband refreshes and replenishes his wife with the pure water of his fountain. Um, when a woman meets her husband, he has the God-given capacity as her fountain to replace and replenish the waters she provides for him. However, again, if a man brings his fountain to any other well that's out there, his waters will become impure, eventually diseased as well. He too will soon run dry. It's a known fact that purity brings strength. <clears throat> it brings strength and pleasure. Every goldsmith, every silversmith, all of them know, again, the purer the metal, the stronger it is, right? And the more pleasant it is to behold and the more valuable in its worth is. Again, it's likewise in marriage, the purer the relationship, the stronger, the more pleasurable it will be. And again, it will be more valued. Um, virginity before marriage and fidelity after marriage ensure both the health and pleasure of sex, when, uh, which becomes better even into old age. And woohoo! Yes, it does, right, honey? <clears throat> Again, I'm not here. If you weren't a virgin, we get, we're not, it's, you know, that's over. I'm just telling you, these are the standards of the word, okay? These are what you need to teach your kids, you know, all of that, to help them understand because they're so inundated with so much stuff today that's um, uh, very, uh, it, it, it just, it's hard for them to really um, get a true understanding of what marriage is really all about. <clears throat> well, here we go. The fountain meets the well. Okay? Honeymoon blues, right? There's a difference between a well and a fountain. The well is calm, right? Still waters run deep. <laughs> but a fountain is what? Water under pressure, <laughs> right? A man's sex drive is more predominant than a woman's. To put it bluntly, he's always ready. A woman needs to be stirred up, right? Takes time. And husbands, holding back that pressure, giving that water a little time to stir up, will always pay great dividends, right? There's a lot of women like, a lot of women are like, I just don't understand my husband. He's always, you know, at the drop of a hat. Makes me crazy. Well, ladies, let me tell you, God made them that way. You know, it's not their fault. God made them just like he made you your way. We've had this discussion. I don't know why God made me that way, <laughs> you know, but we are made and created. The reason why is because we have to take time with each other and learn and explore and bless and take care of each other because, again, the sexual relationship, just like marriage, should never be about selfishness. It should be about um, enjoyment and blessing each other. Again, the tragedy of society now is the glorification of sex and all this stuff without that time-honored relationship between um, two people. Um, a lot of people get involved and they, they just, you know, there's so much aggressiveness and, you know, hurts and all this stuff. It's just like, you know, a kid when he gets his first, you know, car, especially, um, oh, I'm going to talk about a, autom um, the, a stick shift. Now, I learned to drive in a stick shift. It was a Volkswagen stick shift. My dad taught us on the air, airplane strip on a, on a Navy base up in um, San Francisco. And so I, it's just so true, you know. The sexual relationship between a husband and a wife is really like driving a stick. You know, if you don't understand the clutch and the gas and how they work together, you know, right? You get a lot of bumpy rides and a lot of killed engines, right? And so, <laughs> you know, you're like there's a lot of jerking around. Things just aren't working properly, you know? And so when you first start out, you know, there's a lot of that going on, you know? Um, like I said, I knew nothing. Gary taught me a lot of stuff. And um, sometimes I'm just, I'm, never mind. 
He's like, you're not going to give examples. I'm so transparent. I just think it's, you know, life. Everybody does it. Everybody has, right? We just, we just need to get over it and help each other learn to enjoy this. So, <clears throat> Again, um, until you learn to work together and operate and learn things and take time, you know, um, again, you're going to have a lot of killed engines. You want to be able to be willing to, um, you know, get right back in there and, again, restart your engines and, and work on it some more, right? So drink waters out of your own cysteine and running waters out of your own well. Let me tell you, guys, the good news is once you stir those waters up and you take time, guess what? Those waters start flowing, right? They get better. Okay, again, a woman's sex drive will increase, okay? And her own aggressiveness will develop, but you just have to be patient and love each other through all the, you know, the bumpy roads and the bumpy times. Now, a lot of you, some of you are older in here and you're like, I don't even, I remember those bumpy times times, but it's been a while. <laughs> um, but again, water is designed to satisfy thirst, and God has ordained that the husband satisfy the wife's sexual thirst, and the wife satisfy the husband's sexual thirst. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. This is a really funny scripture. For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. When's the last time you pulled that verse out of your promise box, right? You know? <laughs> A whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is an arrow pit. Okay. It's basically saying if you were thirsty in your house and you had running water, but it started to rain outside, and you went outside, and you went into the ditch, or you went to a mud puddle to get a drink of water, it's like, what an idiot. Are you stupid or what? You have water in your house, fresh, clean water, but you're going to go out here to this mud puddle? You know, basically that's what it's saying, that anything outside of marriage, you will never be sad. You think you're going to get a good drink, you're drinking mud. You're drinking diseased water, you know. It's not good, and you will never be satisfied. You'll have to always keep trying to find some mud. It's just never going to work. God's designed for you to have the most joy, the most pleasure, the most fun inside marriage, the marriage bounds. <clears throat> Okay, in ancient times, there were many public wells, but cisterns were, cisterns were again, were just for private use. Um, a well of fresh water was only for that person. Um, but there were many wells in the Old Testament because they got so publicly used. At some point, they got so diseased that whole cities would have to move because the water was bad, right? And so, again, that's the analogy. You know, just don't let everybody in your well and don't let... Put your fountain in everybody's well, right? <clears throat> let thy fountains, it's, it goes on to say, let not thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of water in the streets. Let them be thine only and not a stranger's. Again, um, do you know what happens when a fountain gets dispersed and you just keep holding the fountain and it keeps running, water just keeps going, going, going? Eventually, you're going to run out of water and you're going to have all kinds of rivers running all over the place, you know? And so, guys, you just don't want a bunch of little rivers coming up going, hi, Daddy, you know. Um, so, yeah, you don't want that, okay? Men, if you disperse your fountain, you're going to have a lot of little rivers, okay? So, <clears throat> again, with all the metaphors, men, we just don't want you to miss the point. The only woman who has access to your zipper <laughs> is your wife. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. God's desire is for man to be blessed sexually, and that happens when he rejoices with the wife of his youth. 
Here the, re- he- uh, the Hebrew word rejoice means the same as like just, it's an emotional excitement. It's like you're happy, you're ecstatic, you're ready to shout, you know. It's like even when you get before the Lord and you get so excited in the Lord, no, it's that same rejoice, okay. So instead of ending your days in impotence and groaning, you want to end your life so in love with your wife that you're shouting and rejoicing with her. That, that the life you've lived together, you've honored each other, you've blessed each other, and you've honored God. And so, again, God ordained sex for pleasure and refreshment. That's why it's compared to the well. Only, again, a husband and wife can do this. This is why a loving marriage relationship, romance, and sex become better through the years, right? Then it goes on to say, let her be as a loving hind and a pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. The hind is referred to as is referred referred to as a doe, and the um, and the uh, <clears throat> the roe is a she goat. Now both the roe, I'm sorry, mo- both the doe and the roe and no, the doe and the she goat in ancient times were all symbolisms of grace and beauty, and it's really talking about the female's body right here. The the Lord, I mean, God is saying here, let your wife. You know, God has designed. You know, I always say, you know, men, God took the earth. God used dirt to make man, right? Which explains a lot of things. Um, You know, men are made out of dirt. But we women, we weren't made. You know, he'd already made them, and we came out of the rib. He fashioned and formed us and made us so beautiful. And so he's saying here, see the beauty that God has get this gift that God has given you in her body. Again, um, the word for um, uh, pleasant here means grace. Again, her body is a gift of grace to you. Although the verse um, is saying the wife should satisfy her husband at all times here, um, it doesn't mean every time he snaps, you know, you march to the bedroom. It's not that. It's more of you appreciating and understanding the gift you have in each other. And so, again, it goes on to say, let her breast satisfy thee at all times. You know, again, I can, I, you know, you know, men, why do you always have to go for the fat parts, you know? Why do you have to always touch and feel the fat parts? I'm like, I've got some skinny parts, too. Can you feel those? You know, here, feel my hand. <laughs> my ankle skinny. You want to feel that? <laughs> Why do they always have to go to those parts, you know? Um, the one thing that um, I had to learn, too, was, you know, the husband, you know, was created. He loves, um, well, I, I actually am getting a bit ahead of myself here a little bit. <clears throat> Again, the, wife, the scripture says, your breasts are for your husband's pleasure, no one else's. I don't know why they like to touch them, look them, feel them, everything, but they do, you know, so give them to them. Give them to him, you know, because he wants them, so give them to him. I don't, I, you know, I don't understand all this, but anyway, that's what they like. So, and I had to learn that, you know, because I was so embarrassed all the time in the beginning, you know, and you know, I learned over the years that, you know, your husband knows your body more than you do. He looks at it, he looks at it far more than you do. And he knows every nook and cranny from up, from front, behind, sideways, whatever. He knows what's there, you know. So he's already saying you don't need to be embarrassed about it. It took me a while to get there, but I still don't address and undress in front of him. Poor Gary. I'll say, I need to go get dressed. He goes, okay, um, I'll let you get started, and I'll be up in about 30 minutes. I'm like, thank you. 
<laughs> we always have this deal. If I like come into the bathroom, he knows he's got to clear out soon, you know, something. Because um, we're not having sex. We're getting dressed, and I don't want him to watch me. So, <laughs> so anyway, I had to learn all these things. But the truth is, when it says, you know, the body of the woman is a blessing to the husband. It's so funny because we're all, he's always like, you don't even care if I'm naked. I'm like, no. I'm like, can you just put some clothes on, please, or something, you know? He walks, I don't walk around naked. But if he does, I'm just like, I don't even notice. And he's like, isn't that funny? Um, he's like, you don't even notice. I'm like, no, I don't. Sorry. Um, do you want me to notice? Okay. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> So anyway, um, Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed, the Bible says. That means they weren't embarrassed of each other. And so we've got to learn not to be embarrassed. And I don't care how many, you know, what you have or what you don't have, you know, it's his. His name's on it, and he likes it. Same with the man. It's ours. But we just don't usually want it as much as you do. But anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, on the other hand, you are not to expose yourself to anyone but your spouse, okay? It's so important for men and women to understand that even dressing modestly is so important because husbands and wives are to wear clothes that, uh, again, will reflect the marriage relationship of being respectful and honoring to them. You know, I know the world's all about, and even cultures, there's so many cultures that it's all about showing parts of the body and stuff like that. But the Lord wants us to respect. I remember when I, I was just dating Gary. We weren't even married yet. But he asked me to go to the beach with him, and I wore a one-piece, but it had a little bit of cleavage right here. And he's like, uh, you need to sew that up. He didn't sit exactly like that, but he let me know. He's like, yeah, that's not okay. I'm like, it's not? Oh, I thought that was good. He's like, no, that's not good. You're going to be my wife. I don't want anybody else seeing that. I'm like, okay. I didn't know, you know. And so he's been very good about helping me know how to. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty modest anyway, you know. Anyway, um, you know, but. You know, if there was ever a time where he thought he would let me know, and I'd be like, okay, you know. And a lot of, I go and ask you, don't I? I'm like, honey, is this okay? You're like, no, that's okay. I'm like, all right. So I always check with him if I have any questions or any thoughts, you know. Um, even today, I'm like, I gotta go wear a big baggy shirt, you know, because I'm teaching men. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, so I was like, okay, um, I did have on a bigger, baggier one, and I was like, oh. So, <laughs> anyway, um, again, we are to respect each other's bodies. We are to enjoy each other's bodies, and we are to give our bodies to each other and let, it, let each other, um, again, yearn, it's, it's, your, uh, it's your water you're giving, but it's, and it's your body, but his name's on it. Same with husband. It's your body, but her name is on it. It's not for you to give to anybody else, right? Our bodies are to give pleasure to one another, and they do. And we're to have a good time, right? We are, it goes on to talk about, um, in verse 19, it says that we are to be ravished, okay? <clears throat> um, it says, Proverbs is more than saying just, <clears throat> hold on, I missed my little scripture there. When it goes on to say, let her be as the loving hind in the pleasant row, and let her breast satisfy you at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. The word ravished there is the word for um, drunk, actually. 
We, so the Lord says it's, you, he's against being drunkenness, you know, with wine, but you can be drunk with love for your, for your, for your spouse. That's what he's going on to say here. Um, <clears throat> drunk in love. We are to be intoxicated with our mates. And so I remember their time, again, um, this is where, you know, men fantasize, you know, a lot and they think, I remember we were, we were married, you know, we were young and married and, um, I, I don't know, Gary called me in the afternoon. And you know, by the way, he worked all the time and he worked a lot, but it didn't bother me. I grew up without my dad around. I thought that was normal, you know? So I didn't have a problem. He said, I'm not, I gotta be here. And I'm like, okay, you know? But sometimes he would call me like in the afternoon and he'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know, you're like, am, am I, did I forget something? Am I supposed to be doing something? You know? And um, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, getting ready to make dinner. What are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm thinking about you. And I'm like, oh, you are? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've been addressing you for the last 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, are you in your office? Is anybody in there? Uh, don't you have work to do? You know, what are you doing? What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> and so, and he would go on and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I better be ready when he comes home, you know? And so, <laughs> but he would think about I mean, all this, I don't, I didn't always think about him, but there's, again, he would, he would just, and you know what, how a drunk is, that they're always thinking about when they're going to get their next drink, right, you know, and, you know, before, by the time he hits the door and he's ready to hug me, he, he, that cork's already been off and he's smelling, you know, the wine, (laughs) where's my love, you know, and so, (laughs) so I'm just telling you, that's okay, that's good, you know, I had to learn, you know, all these things, and so, Someone were like, what's wrong with you? You're just a sex fiend or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, they are. God made them that way. But that's good because that means he wants you. And I thought, oh, my God, he thinks about me. He wants me. He loves me. He has a strong desire to make love to me. And that's from God. Did you know that? Their strong desire to do that is from God because that's part of the relationship to actually, again, cleanse, purify, strengthen your relationship. That's where it comes from. That's where you're intimate and you just take that time together and love each other and enjoy each other. And again, it, it makes your marriage stronger. It makes your, your career stronger. It makes life stronger. It makes your family stronger. It makes your kids stronger because you're strong, right? And it's all, it's very important. So we have to, um, so it's okay if there's, you know, fantasizing as long as it's just your wife, you know. Um, not pornography or anything. Again, the devil per- perverts, uh, wants to pervert images and stuff and the imagination and turn men's and women's thoughts to sexual immorality and all that. But again, here we have the husband intoxicated by his own wife, and that is, that is a blessing, okay? And so <clears throat> sometimes, again, they just want to hear your voice. Sometimes they just want to talk to you. And it's, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you're together and it's not all about the actual sexual act. It's just being together and having those close contacts. We would take time. And we do this. We have done this all of our lives. We take time to go away to talk about our family, what, you know, our scheduling, what's going to happen this year. What am I going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with the family at the holidays or, you know, wherever? We take that time. And now we're so in sync in so many ways. We don't, we don't have to take that time for that, but now we take time away just for us, you know, because it's so important to us to be together, you know, we're always like, you know, I'm like, honey, I just want to be with you, I just want to go with you, I don't want anybody else around, you know, he's like, do you want to go visit your family? No, I want to go with you, (laughs) you know, and so 
it's just so important you take the time to do that and make time to have fun. Hebrews 13, 4 says, marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So the word undefiled means uncontaminated, set apart. It's important that you set apart your marriage bed to go away and have fun. But, of course, the marriage bed only means the husband and wife. It's not a threesome. It's not, a, you know, anybody else involved. It's just husband and wife in there, okay? You don't contaminate it with all this other stuff, but you make time. And people always ask, because there's a few times I'm like, uh, is that okay? You know, we used to have marriage conferences, and we'd have all these girls come up and ask, you know, is this okay? We do this. What is, you know, whatever you decide as a couple to do in your bed between you two and you agree is fine, okay? If you want to swing from the chandeliers, go ahead, you know. <laughs> go right ahead. Have fun, right? But the minute somebody is like, no, I'm not okay with that right now, and you force, that's abuse. That's not okay, okay? You just need to pray and take time or whatever, you know? But the point is to explore and have fun, you know, and not feel guilty and not feel embarrassed. I mean, there's a few times that I wake up in the morning. You know, <laughs> there's a couple times, Gary, <laughs> he does this a lot. He'll just leave money on the counter for me, but there are a couple times he left it, like, on my nightstand, and I'm like... <laughs> Boy, I feel like a prostitute. But I'm okay with that. <laughs> He's my husband. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so, um, but then it's the whole, um, <laughs> um, it's the whole, like, do we have to talk about all this stuff? You know, I'm, I don't mind doing it in the dark, you know. <laughs> But, you know, and I've gotten better about that, too. On our honeymoon, he's like, I want to see your new outfit. I'm like, what? You want to look at it? No. And I had the light off, and he's like, no, turn it on. I'm like, ah. And I went, click, click. Did you see it? He's like, no, you have to leave it on a little longer. I'm like, oh. Click, click. <laughs> and I looked way better back then. <laughs> but anyway. Um, it's just funny how you just have to get rid of all that and learn to enjoy each other, your bodies. And the other thing we had to do, because I couldn't say the names, you know, of parts, I had to, like, speak in third because if we had to talk, because they tell you you have to communicate. Well, I couldn't communicate, you know. I'm like, I had to come up with, uh, like, talk in third person. <laughs> I'm really 12 years old. But anyway, <laughs> But so we came up with names, and I loved it because, you know, he's got a name, or his thingy has a name, and my Virginia has a name, and, um, <laughs> and they have a world of their own. They have a life of their own. They have their own parties. She gets, like, her own gifts, and it's not just money, and, um, but money is her favorite, and, um, <laughs> but she gets flowers and candies and notes and cards and trips and stuff like that. And I'm like, boy, she's living the high life, you know? <laughs> and so that's how we, that's how I learned to communicate was through these names we came up with. I'll tell you my friend, we had some friends. They used to, be, they don't come here anymore. It was years ago. They moved. But anyway, their names were Gumby and Pokey. I thought that was the funniest names that they came up with, you know? And so ours are not those names. So anyway, but um, we have names. And again, just creating a fun time together, you know. And so I get little notes with because so-and-so wants to invite so-and-so over to so-and-so, you know. And um, so she has to think about it, you know. 
she's a look at her count. You know, we just have fun, you know. Or, you know, oh, she can't, she can't come out and play right now, you know. <laughs> things are that tired of the world. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we just come up with all kinds of things. You know, you come up with and have fun. And that has... That whole creative world is just was up my alley. I loved all that. And that helped me not be so inhibited and not be so embarrassed about things, you know, when I didn't know anything. So, again, what is agreeable to both husband and wife is okay, as long as it's not force and it's not abuse, okay? But be creative and make a whole new world for yourselves, right? God made sex for a husband and a wife to enjoy, to strengthen to refresh, to purify and cleanse, and to bond you. And let me tell you, this is all God's ideas. It's not the devil's. It's God's ideas. So enjoy and be free and have fun. Amen? God bless you. Well, you've all learned that your pastor's a sex fiend. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said in the beginning, I'm like, because this is kind of gross, you know, I'm like, do you know your pastors have sex? <laughs> it's like, it's like almost thinking about your parents. You're like, ew. <laughs> like, do they even know how to do it? You know? <laughs> like, they do, do they even know anything? Yeah. Well, yes, we do. And we have fun. Yeah. And I'm sorry. But yeah, that's the way it goes. I think Pastor Ryan left about halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's all stand. It is so fun to be with you. Um, breakthrough year at Valley, and I'm just excited about uh, what he's doing. And I just really pray, my wife and I have prayed, uh, I have some of our elders that have been praying on a daily basis for a breakthrough. Not that your marriage is in a bad shape, but that it would become greater. Or even, not even greater, it would just, you would have really recognition of how you're blessed with a spouse that you have. How you're blessed with the marriage that you have. And uh, that's, that's the passion that I have as a pastor of this church and my wife and I. We're real people, we are. And uh, we've had a lot of discussions with a lot of, she says more than I do. <laughs> but you know what? That's part of the freedom that she received. Um, and when I say this, I'm going to say this with all, this is not about sin, that she was bound up because of. <laughs> okay. Am I in trouble now? <laughs> no, no. Well, no. But, you know, the whole, like, you, ha you know, you just got to have fun. But we were so, we didn't have any money when we first got married. And uh -oh. so, you know, I couldn't go and get those cute little outfits anywhere. So I had to make up my own. And so it's, it's, the more creative you are, the more fun you have. So there's been a few times, you know, I would just surprise him. You know, you know, your husband's occupation is always a fun one to do. You know, he was a preacher. So one time I just came in with a tie in my Bible and said I needed counseling this evening. <laughs> and, um, That, was, that was fun. And then the, the cowboy one's fun, just a hat and boots in your garter. And um, I got Ryan's gun holsters or whatever. said, ready for a roundup, partner? You know, <laughs> just 
having fun, you know, enjoying and creating. And you, you can do your own wet shirt t-shirt contest. You know, all those things are fun to do because, you know, it's just, you're just, you're building a life together. You're building this relationship together. And, um, and I'm far more creative. You're a little on the dull side. But um, <laughs> he never comes out in an outfit, <laughs> which is Okay. <laughs> I am not touching that with a 10-foot pole. I'm like, yeah, that's okay, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but it's just you don't have to go out and spend a lot of money. You don't have to go, like, hotels. You can just create your own little paradise right where you're at. Yeah, we used to, once a week, we, our, our date night, because we didn't have money, Burger King. We'd split that Whopper split combo. split that Whopper in half, and that's it. The, sweet, I always, the sweetest thing I ever did for me was our 25th. Wedding anniversary. He told me he was. I was uh, running the childcare center, and um, he said, "I'm having lunch delivered to you." And so lunch came to be, and it was on that plate. And I opened it up, and it was half a Whopper, half a fry, and half a Coke. Because we were young, and we had to split everything. Now you could buy me more, but it was that. I'll, it was the sweetest thing he's ever done is send me that half a Whopper. <laughs> so yes, have fun. Okay, I'll go sit down. <laughs> Breakthrough. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Amen. I didn't know I was dull. I guess I am. <laughs> what? I said, I didn't know I was dull. I guess I am. <laughs> yeah, outfit's okay. I have a good outfit. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Um, Tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, uh, we're going to just, just have an explosion of the Holy Spirit, a reality of what God is doing uh, in, in the body of Christ. And then I'm going to continue and just, just know that we're going to learn, we're going to grow, we're going to understand no more deception, no more deception, no more ignorance. Uh, you know, some of the smartest people I know attend this church. No more ignorance. We're going to walk in such a truth. And you know what that's going to do? That's going to transform our cities. It really will. It'll transform the people that you lead at work, all the things, all you teachers, your students, just because of the anointing in your life. Uh, you'll be able to transform your students. Why? Because you are walking in such a joy. 